Good evening, gentlemen. We've got a great night in store for you. I see a lot of new faces out there, as well as some familiar ones, so I'm not going to yammer on too long. I want you all to sit back, enjoy the service, the scenery, but most of all, enjoy the show. Hit it. Are you sure you want to do this? I know people do it in movies all the time, but there are bound to be real-world consequences. He's kind of a nerd. It's cool, I'm taking it back. Everyone else is growing and changing all the time, and that's not really my jam. I'm more of a fast-blinking, stoic, removed, uncomfortably self-aware type. being extremely clever up here and there's no one to stand around looking impressed. What's the point in having you all? Okay, so 10 out of 10 for style, but minus several million for good thinking. Show's gonna last three weeks! Six seasons and a movie! So, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Nerd Mode from nerdmode.com. That's, of course, nerd-mode.com. The Podcaster's Guide to the Galaxy. I am your host, Spacebuck Chuck, doing another solo episode. Um, I'll say it's another mini-episode, but that didn't work out last time because it ended up being an hour long. Uh, I do tend to ramble, rant, and rave, so that's that's my excuse right there. Um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, basically news that I've just gotten Today, actually, this is all brand new. Um, if you hear me typing a little bit, it's because I am digging through all the stuff on Facebook. Um, I did just see a post uh, about Seamus, WWE's Seamus, being cast in the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. He's going to be playing Rocksteady. That, that was kind of cool. A little, little wrestling tidbit there. Um, the only picture shown so far... Uh, it does show Seamus, say that ten times fast, but it's just a side view, and then there's another gentleman who plays Bebop with the uh, pretty trademark purple mohawk and brown leather vest. So it was a, a nice little nostalgia bump. Although I didn't see the first one, I don't know if this is nearly enough to get me to watch the second one. Uh... As I've said before, I'm not crazy about the casting choices they made in the first one, specifically Megan Fox. Maybe I'll give it a go. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe I'll rent it or something sometime and eat my own words. Maybe it's actually a terrific movie. Um, before I get too much it, well, that's pretty much covered. There's not much more to say. Uh, before I get more into that, uh, if you want to email the show, go to nerdmode42 at gmail.com, and I do have an email from Mike I'll be touching on in just a minute here. Um, also can be found on Instagram and Twitter, at nerdmode, as well as on Facebook. If you do a search for nerdmode, you'll most likely find me, or just go to nerdmode.com. If you go there, you'll be able to find all the links to all the different ways to keep in touch and get in contact with the show um and i did just find out from mike i had to message him because i could not find the email anywhere and he sent it via twitter which is new it gets me out onto the twitter machine 
So I gotta go find that real quick. Thanks for the curveball there, Mike. Let's see here. Ugh, this is really breaking my show. I can't keep doing this. Alright. So I am actually currently talking to Mike, and he says uh, the show the question I ended last week, which I only got one response. Was if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, his is kinetic energy manipulation, which would be like Goku. Or I'm assuming it'd be similar to Scarlet Witch, since I, I'm not into Dragon Ball Z and anime. Um, I'm, yeah, like I said, I I don't know much about that. Um, sorry, Mike. Off to a rough start already, but I think I'll uh, I'll get it dialed in here. Um, for me, it would be telekinesis right off the bat. Um, I'm going to keep that question just out there always. I'm always curious to find out what powers people would like to have. Um, when I ask people at work, when I get comfortable with them, I usually ask them what their power would be. and I've been pleasantly surprised. You know, There's been a couple people that say flight or invisibility, and then some people say the power of manipulation. Um, teleportation was a... One of the more recent ones, um, so it's always a fun, fun topic, and it can usually get a, get the ball rolling unless you're like me and you have really no clue about Goku. I'm assuming that's the one where he just yells a bunch and becomes more and more powerful, Super Saiyan or whatever. My question is this: to the to anybody that watches anime or specifically Dragon Ball Z, and they're doing that, ah, and they get bigger and more powerful as they go. Why don't they just start out every fight that way? Just boom, biggest version. They'd be like Bruce Banner trying to beat a guy in just a fist fight, and then finally realizing, oh yeah, I'm the Hulk, and then blah, Hulk. I don't know. That's just me. Um. No, what else was I going to talk about? Uh, this episode is called In League. Um, so I'm going to talk clever, right? Two things about uh. Mentioning the league, I was watching Jeopardy before, so I kind of had the theme idea. Um, one is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a quote unquote officially getting a reboot, which is good because the original was horrible. And as far as I understand, it's the reason Sean Connery retired. Um, I haven't read the source materials, so and anybody uh, Jeff actually spoke up on the on the boards about one of his picks. Um. And then asked if anybody read the comics. I myself haven't, but I should check them out. Um, I was actually just part of a, a nice discussion, a long discussion, I should say, about digital comics versus paperback comics um, with uh, the guys from BS Chronicles and Mike vs. the World, which tomorrow I will be recording with them. Uh, an Age of Ultron episode. Pretty excited. Probably going to get schooled on comics, though, um, where I'm pretty solid at comic book movies. I don't have a lot of vast comic book knowledge, as I'm sure we are all going to find out. Um, one thing I have to pat myself on the back for, none of the guys seem too impressed, but maybe the listeners will. Uh, one of the questions we have to cover is our top ten Marvel movies, our top top ten favorite Marvel movies and it's any, not just the recent Marvel Cinematic Universe, but anything with a Marvel character dating all the way back to original 
uh, Bill Bigsby, uh, Incredible Hulk, Howard the Duck, things like that. I was able to name all but three, except for like the really obscure ones, um, like the Captain America, Hulk versus Thor stuff from the 70s, all the way back to Bill Bigsby as the Hulk. Every movie that came out. The three I missed, the Blade trilogy. I don't know how I missed those, but to be fair, I didn't really like those too much. Um, and then also, it was very difficult. I did whittle down my top ten. I don't know if I'm solid on the order yet. i got to get those to Mike uh, probably tomorrow, I'm guessing. I do have them listed right here, but I'm not going to read them off to you because I feel like that would be cheating. That's part of Mike's show. Um, I do have to ask him if I'm able to record and post that episode as well or if that's going to be a Mike versus the World exclusive. Um, that's up to Mike. It's his idea. It's his baby. I'll I'll do whatever he says. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Nervous because, like I said, I'm going to be schooled. Uh, I also picked my bottom three favorites, or at least three favorites. Top three favorite? Wait, hold on. My bottom three most hated? See, even hated sounds extreme because I didn't really hate these three. I just, they had potential. Anyways, we'll find out a little bit about that tomorrow. Uh, and then also the other question I pose to all the listeners is if there was a movie, since we do reboots all the time and castings, if there was a movie about you, who would play you? Like, which big big star would play your character? Um, and Mike said Jonah Hill. I can kind of see that. They're both hilarious. I don't see much of physical resemblance, but if that's who he sees, I am all for it. I would go with, if it's me currently right now, Topher Grace. If it's me in the future when I'm an old man, uh, Paul Giamatti. I've been referred to Paul Giamatti several times. Apparently I really look like the guy. Um... And as far as celebrity dockable gangers, I just recently found out that I look a lot like Squints from Sandlot. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Halloween costume is already set. I just need to buy a t-shirt. Done. So get ready for those pictures around October. Yeah, this is going to be a fast one, I can tell. Um, next thing I found out today is that there is rumors that Asia Butterfield may play Spider-Man in the next... Well, I shouldn't say the next Spider-Man movie, in Captain America Civil War, which I am 100% on board. I feel horrible that I didn't actually cast him myself when I was talking about Spider-Man in my first Nerd Mode minisode. Um, I went with Donald Glover, who I still think would be a, an interesting Dark Horse pick, but Asia Butterfield is tremendous. And apparently he's six feet tall now, which seems crazy to me. He had responded, somebody doubted his height, um, whether or not he's tall enough to play. And, yep, height, 5'10". He is a tall dude. He isn't little Hugo anymore. Yep, that's our Spider-Man, ladies and gentlemen. I am 100% on board. Uh, but... I was having a dis uh, discussion on the Facebook group about this casting with, I believe it's a fairly new uh, listener to the show. Hopefully he listens to the show. I know he likes the page and he's communicating quite a bit on it. Um, 
Sorry, I'm loading up some of the comments. My phone had an update yesterday, and it is going horribly. So it runs super slow. Uh, every tap takes... This is totally nerd world problems, I get it. Um, takes a really long time to load. It's kind of infuriating. He actually had joined in on the discussion about League of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well. Uh, his concern, uh, Nick... Uh, welcome aboard, Nick. Um, is that Asia Butterfield's casting is another reboot, and I really hope they don't do another reboot. Um, he and I both agreed that it'd be a waste of time. 99% of the populace knows Spider-Man's backstory, at least enough to enjoy a movie. That if they do another Spider-Man movie, they should just dive right in, full bore, um, not worry about telling us the entire backstory of Spider-Man and then also telling the entire origin story of the villains and the, everything that led up to that point. Because you spend two-thirds of the movie watching everything progress to a confrontation rather than just jump in and make a nice popcorn action flick. I think that's what Spider-Man needs right now. A little less drama, um, a lot less crying. Uh, Ditsy B can concur. Sorry she couldn't be on. She's actually working right now. So I am rushing through this episode so I can get on and play uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel with her, in just a little bit. Hi, sister of mine. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would be a tremendous casting choice for the movie, and hopefully they can make it happen. Uh, it would be monumental as far as the Sony versus Marvel feud they've got going on, and maybe if the reception is well enough, we could see a little bit more brand mixing, if that would be the term. Uh, maybe we could possibly see some X-Men and Mutants in Infinity Wars Parts 1 or 2. Because um, if you've read the comics, because that's a shared universe, obviously, there's a, a lot of Wolverine, a lot of Hulk, um, all battling uh, against Thanos. There's actually a pretty sweet Hulk and uh, Drax versus Thanos fisticuffs there. Um, so yeah, that would be pretty cool. Moving on to my discussion I had with uh, the guys about tomorrow. Um, it was a paperback versus digital conversation. I am running all over. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if this seems like a mess. Um, I haven't had a lot of nerd conversation all week, so it's all kind of funneling out. Like, you're at the choke point right now, and it's all coming at you. Like a rush of zombies down a hallway. Just bear with me. Um, I'm like decompressing. It's kind of like a teapot. You put it on the stove for too long and it starts to simmer and squeal. And then you, we're just opening up the, the pressure valve. They have pressure valves in teapots, right? Yeah? Um, I myself, I, I prefer paperback comics um, for a collection standpoint of it. But, as I've said several times, I don't have access to which the guys told me I should move. Um, I think the only way for me to have easy access to comics would be to start my own store. Which I've thought about, I just don't know logistic logistically if that's a place for me right now. Maybe down the road. Who knows? Um, so, Mike and myself, and uh, Brad actually. Hey Brad, we got to get those guys back on the show again soon. Um, do purchase digital. I get them on my Kindle, and they get them through the Marvel 
there's, I believe, a Marvel app you can get that has like all the prints available digitally for either a monthly fee or a, a one-year subscription, which I think I'm going to go for. I, that sounds pretty sweet to me as opposed to buying issues of Deadpool and anything with Colossus or Nightcrawler mixed in, um, anything with Thanos. I want to really start diving in and studying more of the comic side so I can introduce that onto the show a bit more. Um, so I like the ease of use and the price for buying digital is definitely nice. Again, you don't get a, a collection feel like you do with paperback. Um, and it is harder to read digital comics that have a certain format. You know, Some of them don't just, or most of them don't follow just the panel to panel. For instance, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet saga that I, I read just recently has incredibly complex panels and art. It's beautiful. I mean, even if you're not a fan of comics, if you get a chance to check out some of the panel setups and the the artwork, it's it's pretty uh, pretty astounding. Um, that one I wasn't able to read panel to panel on the Kindle because of how complex every page was. Um, where some panels bled into the other ones, and it was sometimes it was almost confusing keeping up with everything, especially when there's fighting involved. Um, so much like most things, I am of two minds, just like I am for source material and movies and things like that. I can separate the two and differentiate and enjoy them both. I am not really an elitist so much. I'm pretty pretty on the fence. I think the only thing I get elitist about is when I start really talking about zombies, which I could do at great length, as you guys all know. Um, otherwise, I'm I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty chill. Um, what else is going on in the world? Let me see. Let me get back to the Facebook page, see what else we have shared very, very recently. Let's see. Covered Asia Butterfield as the awesome... Yeah, this... I'm sorry if this seems very unprofessional of me, everyone. I'm really just diving in and... um, Just jumping in pretty hardcore. Oh, um, this is kind of fun news. Um, I'm pretty sure my usual listeners remember me explaining I ran into... I didn't run to, but I saw recently... A guy dressed as a ninja walking down the street. Um, if you recall that from a few episodes ago, he's. I also i I wasn't sure at the time, but now obviously I know more of the story. That he was also one day dressed as an assassin from Assassin's Creed in incredibly impressive outfit. Um, driving down the street, same place. He just walking along, no big deal. At first, I thought he was going like to a Halloween or a, a costume party, something like that. Turns out, that's just what this guy does. Um, the news local news stations got wind of him, and now he's called the Mound Ninja from Mound, Minnesota. And basically, all he does is he walks around Mound. Uh, it's a smaller city. Well, I shouldn't say smaller. It's pretty lakeside city uh, near central Minnesota here. And he just talks to people, dances. He does it just just for fun, just to give people a smile. Um, He is 
also a new uh, like on our page. He has his own page if you do a search for Your Mound Ninja on Facebook. Seems like a pretty cool dude. I'm going to have to try to get a hold of him and see if uh, there's a possible possibility of a quick interview or photo op, something like that, since I see him pretty regularly now. Um, so to him as well, welcome to the page. Nice to have you aboard, and keep up the good work. It's definitely a a fun thing to see as somebody just going out there and being pretty wacky and making people smile. The closest we have to that was uh, up in St. Cloud, the St. Cloud Superman. That didn't turn out so well. Um, I'll let you do your own Googling in that case. Uh, more league talk. Um, I had this wrote, written down for my ideas for episodes, um, topics to talk about. And it was that I would like... Well, I, I've entertained the idea on and off about starting up a fantasy league for wrestling again. Um, partially nostalgia, but I did actually enjoy spreadsheets and things of that nature, entering data, um, finding winners, things like that. Uh, that was always really fun. Um, and it was kind of a community thing too. Like I had a lot of my friends playing and stuff. Recently, uh, one friend, Andy had brought up, maybe we should try it again. And I said, yeah, I'm on board, but I need help running it because it, it, it is a lot of work watching every hour of wrestling available. Um, I can probably fine-tune the show and take some some point things out, ease it up a little bit, but still, the fact that I myself haven't actually sat down and watched wrestling in probably about a month, month and a half, um, it'd be hard for me to do it. I could get it going and then it just dies out quicker than it even took off. So if anybody listening would be interested in at least opening up a uh, conversation about starting the league and helping me run it, I can do the everything from uh, the roster picks. I can help organize that, entering the data online, getting everything posted for everybody. I'm totally cool doing that part, but what I need is probably three or four trusting people to watch wrestling, ones that watch it regularly that could tally points for me and send them my way so I can get them entered. Um, because that part, for me, only takes about 45 minutes tops. I can do that every week. That's no problem. But I don't have the remaining hours to watch all the wrestling. And what I would end up having is one person be in charge of Raw, one SmackDown. Um, I don't think I would include NXT It'd probably just be those two shows and then pay-per-views um, to make it easier. Like, for instance, one thing I always gave points on was, and this is actually Mike's leak. He started years ago, and I kind of <clears throat> stole it for my own personal use. Um, so, Mike, when you're listening, if you want, you have to check out the spreadsheets I made for the league as it grew and evolved. They are beautiful. Uh, multi-page data transfers from page to page, all that stuff. So all I have to do, like if the aforementioned Seamus gets 35 points, enter that all in. You go to the two um, people in the league, let's say two or three that have Seamus drafted, 35 points shows up for, Mar- for Raw every week. And then it just continues onward. And I was, I'm working on 
fine-tuned enough so that all I need to do is enter it, and then it'll change week to week to week and transfer all its way down. Oh, that's my dream. If I can get that, then my tallying points gets cut down to like 15 minutes. That's some good data entry time, my friends. Um, but again, if anybody's interested, if there's any wrestling fans out there that would really enjoy this, it's completely free. Um, yeah, there's no fees or anything like that. We did talk once about everybody paying like $20, and then we were going to get like an actual like multi-hundred dollar replica belt for the winner. But not enough people were into that, so we couldn't uh, couldn't pull the pin on that grenade because then half the people are paying for a belt, the other half don't, and then if what the other half wins, big argument. So didn't end up the the downside is I ended up winning, so I could have had a pretty sweet belt. Uh, it was a close call between Mitch and I. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, I am totally rambling. This you guys are getting the full effect of what it's like to get cornered by me at in the lunchroom or at work if somebody asks me randomly what I feel about time travel, which happened last week, and he wasn't ready. Uh, but I did talk about that previously. <laughs> On that note, wow, I am rambling. Um, I was thinking about Back to the Future some more. Uh, I've talked to you guys quite a bit about how I feel time travel using like a car ship what have you is impossible because of just the order of the planets and where they will be when you travel backwards in time because even if you travel back in time let's say five minutes planets already moved a thousand miles a minute I mean it's just sailing so you're going to be way far away from earth Um, and I've also talked about other Marty the Marty that essentially is erased from known existence when our Marty travels back to 1985. I've also talked about what would happen if Marty didn't make it back to 1985. Uh, You'll have to listen to that episode between my sister and I. It was a what-if episode. Uh, Essentially, Doc kills Marty. Uh, I won't get into that because it's ridiculous. Um, But I did have this kind of epiphany about Doc as a person while I was just recently watching Back to the Future because, like I said, I love the movies. I kind of gripe, but it's all in good fun. So, Doc is a villain. He becomes a villain by the end of the series, or at least by the end of the second movie. I'll explain that. Um, In the first movie, he's just barely cutting his teeth into time travel. You know, he creates a DeLorean. Everyone remembers that scene where He's essentially going to kill himself with the car if it doesn't work because he's standing in the way of the DeLorean before it travels backwards in time. Uh, He sends Einstein back, or forwards in time, actually. 15 minutes, I think it was. And so he comes back. He's okay. Everything's fine. Time, then um, the Libyans show up. So right there, that's already showing that Doc is willing to take extreme risks and put himself in extreme danger to fulfill this time travel dream. And he's also adamant of not changing the past to affect the future. He's the whole first movie. He is he doesn't even want to know when he's going to die. He is so set no. I'm going to decide to not I'm not going to let you 
tell me when I die. I don't want to know. He tears up the letter, all that stuff. But then what we don't see happen is when Marty goes back, goes forward in time again, there's essentially an entire lifespan of Doc's where he gets to think about, okay, I know the day I'm going to die. I, I read the letter. I know when I'm going to die. Or he, I don't think he read it yet. He just knows it's – essentially he knows it's going to happen the day he sends Marty back to 1985. So he has a long time to ponder this. And I don't blame him. I think anybody that long – I mean he goes a long time before Marty's even born to finally meet Marty. You know, like He's got a, a whole lifetime ahead of him to wonder, should I change the future? Should I – invest in a bulletproof vest so I don't die on this day. And he does. He ultimately decides to save his own life, which nobody can blame him, right? That, I think, is the the moment when he decided to save his own life that he can alter time and adjust it and not everything's going to fall apart. He was expecting the whole universe to implode and nothing happened. He just did not die. So we find out that he's been traveling into the future. He's going forward in time to learn what happens in the world, learn about um, our future. He doesn't go too far as, as far as we know, to be honest. We really don't know how far ahead he goes. But he takes Marty ahead to 2015, which is actually right now. Um, I think even close as on the month as well. We're supposed to be in Back to the Future 2's 2015, which looks a lot like 2095, 1995 as well. It's not too different out there. He starts learning stuff about Marty in his future, gets... Which is mind-boggling to me. Gets restoration work done on his face. So now he's going to go back in time and look even younger than when he left. So he's already changing the present by using stuff in the future. Um, he goes and finds out that Marty's kid uh, gets arrested and decides to go back in time and bring Marty forward to change that. That's a whole different thing than saving your own life. That is full-on, 100% meddling with time. Because you're changing an outcome to suit what you feel you need to do. Had he not gone all the way back in time into into the Old West, I think Doc would have kept going forward and picking pinpoint moments in his and Marty's life to change to create his own personal utopia. I mean, going from saving your own life to making sure your ki- your friend's kid doesn't end up in jail, that's like something huge to something minuscule that really didn't need to be meddled with. What he could have at, I mean, just telling Marty his son ends up in jail should be enough for Marty to explain, hey, don't mess with these guys. Stay clear. Just raise his son a little differently. That should have been more than enough, right? But they actually physically go forward and put on a ruse so that Marty Marty's kid doesn't end up in jail. And then they also enter, 
end up altering time by finding out that Marty's in the car crash and that he gets fired. All these things kind of stack up. And, of course, Biff finding the time machine causes a whole nother sequel. Um, but, yeah, doesn't that seem like going from an like astounding way of saying, I'm not going to change time at all, even to save my own life, to I'm going to meddle and make sure your kids don't end up in jail? That's way too much power. So I'm glad that the time machine got broken, but he ended up making another one anyways. So who knows what Doc is doing right now? So he, I, I don't know. I could be alone. I think he kind of went went to his head, the power. Subtly so. But he even had like a, a suitcase full of like a special plastic box with all the different currencies from certain areas so he could travel in time and actually spend money. Like he went through a lot of work. So he's been doing it a lot more than just taking Marty on trips. Marty is kind of like his the doctor's companion where he has his own life going on, and then all of a sudden this guy, old man with a time time machine shows up and takes him on an adventure. But you know he's traveling more than just uh, just with Marty. He didn't just travel in time once or twice. He's going all over. So who knows what he has changed in the, in the past and the future to uh, suit his own needs. If there's any uh, listeners out there that do fan fiction... Why don't you send some my way? Let's let's turn Doc into a villain. Let's see what uh, kind of shenanigans he can get into. Kind of kind of events he'd change. Wow, that was a ramble, ladies and gentlemen. And I think I'm almost done with my general topics, so we're gonna get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh, and it's all about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I believe I've talked about this movie in the past. Um, like I said, I didn't read the source material. I guess it's really good. I'm going to check it out. But the original movie was horrible. And the premise is it's from an Alan Moore comic, I believe, right? I'll let my uh, crew fact check that one. Where he took Victorian age literature characters, and created a superhero group. Uh, we actually had a whole episode based around that premise a long time ago where Brad and Travis joined me, and we created one out of historical figures. I should repost that one. That was a pretty good episode. That's one of the ones where if you guys get all the cast picks, you can send that my way. That'll help you to the course of getting a pair of Groot socks. <laughs> Nobody's jumping at that one yet. It's almost like it's a lot of work. Uh, so the premise is these guys fight crime. Um, they all have kind of super abilities. The characters are... Let me get that loaded real quick here. I thought I had it, but I think with all my clicking and searching, I lost it. Uh, original movie came out in 2003, and... It had a pretty decent cast. I'm I'm not upset about the cast. There's just a lot of plot holes, and it was just poorly executed. Um, this movie. Uh, it had Alan Quartermain, a legendary hunter who had a rifle so powerful that only he could shoot it. Uh, by the amazing Sean Connery. Captain Nemo by, oh man. Nazaruddin Shah. Sorry if I butchered that name. It's Lots of volumes. Uh, Mina Harker. Uh, that was Captain Nemo, you know, uh, the Nautilus. 
20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, all that. Mina Harker, who could be obscure. Uh, she was in Bram Stoker's Dracula. She was uh, essentially the bride of Dracula. She got bit, became a vampire. She was played by Peter Wilson. Uh, Rodney Skinner, which I believe is The Invisible Man by Tony Curran. Uh, if anybody recognizes that name, maybe not. He played Vincent Van Gogh in uh, an episode of Doctor Who, one of the the best ones, one of the best episodes. Dorian Gray, who was immortal because he had somebody paint a self-portrait or a portrait of him that anything that happened to him would happen to the portrait, not him. And he would essentially live forever until he looked at the portrait, and then he would uh, finally succumb to all the damage. Uh, Tom Sawyer from uh, Tom Sawyer, Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, older and apparently a brigand slash assassin character it's kind of strange uh played by shane west who was really big in the late 90s early 2000s he was kind of the heartthrob of the era i don't know what he's doing now i haven't seen much of him since then and then it had dr jekyll and mr hyde placed by jason fleming who has been in a lot um some of her his roles that i am most familiar with are uh he was in the movie Kick-Ass. He played one of the mob thugs slash doormen that Chloe Moretz shoots through the cheek. If you remember that? Look at all them buttons. Uh, he also was in the awesome movie Hannah in a short role um, as a father to Saoirse Ronan's character, Hannah's friend, on the road friend she meets. Um, he kind of ushers her around, you know, Listens to this girl's problems, try to figure out what her story is. This fourteen-year-old girl traveling, traveling the world on her own. And then I think the last person I really recognize, uh, M. Moriarty, by Richard Roxburgh. Roxburgh, another actor not many people might recognize. I know him mostly from uh, Moulin Rouge, uh, but he was also in Van Helsing, Mission Impossible. Uh, but Moulin Rouge is the main one I recognize him. As he was, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the character. He was essentially the guy that was trying to buy the Moulin Rouge and they're seducing him for his money and just playing him a fool. He played Moriarty. And then they, they mix in a lot of fancy, super, super fancy, uh, special effects. Uh, they turned Jekyll and Hyde into essentially Bruce Banner and the Hulk. I thought they took that too far. Um, I like the idea of him remaining mostly human, just superhuman strength, things like that. Uh, they had this ridiculous, like, six-wheeled convertible. Uh, what else did they have? The Nautilus driving through the uh, through Venice down the waterways, which I don't think are big enough for a giant ship. Um, just a lot of dropped balls left and right. Um, so their Fox, I guess, greenlit a reboot or a remake, I should say. Um, and I think this is one that everybody would most likely be on, on, on board with just because the original was really rough to watch. Um, and you know me since, uh, I love me a remake, remake and a reboot. I am going to do what I can. To put a cast out there, so I'm jumping in, guns a blazing, to deliver 
my cast for the remake of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Excuse me, I suddenly develop a terrible case of the hiccups. Hopefully it's not fatal. All right. Let me find all my tabs. All right. Who should I start with? Well, let's... I'm going to go all over the place. We'll start from the bottom, who I listed. Moriarty, who is actually generally known as the villain for Sherlock. Uh, So I picked for him... Oh my gosh, I am so sorry, folks. I am I am tanking this episode. The moment I grab my phone to try to uh, um, pull up some data, I get all distracted, not by anything on my phone, just trying to multitask. Apparently, I am crap at it, so I apologize. Okay, let's just go off memory here instead. For Moriarty, the villain of the movie, um, the enigmatic hyper-intelligent, the only guy that could get into Sherlock's head and actually come out on top, I picked Jeremy Irons. Um, Because the dude is awesome. Uh, He plays the conniving, uh, planning, scheming character oh so well. Uh, Check him out in The Borges or... Die Hard 3, he was good at that. I mean, the plan he pulled out was kind of lame overall, but he played his role very well. So, right off the bat, Jeremy Irons. Uh, Next up, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Um, Like I said, I didn't want to go anything too crazy. Um, I thought Jason Fleming did great as Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's probably my favorite character in the original movie, but I think the, the Hulk version was too much. Um, I always see Hyde as being very similar, just a sinister version. Will do anything he needs to, and also have stronger, stronger abilities. You know, leaping, climbing, jumping, clawing, all that kind of stuff. More savage. So the uh, the actor I picked uh, right now, actually, Mike. Uh, so just so you guys know, Mike sent me a message. If I'm recording tonight, and I said I'm recording right now. So, Mike, this is like breaking the fourth wall. And I'm trying to type actually. And every time I type actually, I get anti-aircraft. Swipe. Um, the actor I picked, ironically, I feel from the source material, he has played a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde character. Um. And I think you guys are going to quickly realize with my cast picks, I'm essentially mashing up all my favorite shows and movies into one movie. All my passions. So I chose Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead. And anybody who's seen the last season knows that at the flip of a switch, he can be cool, calm, calculating, and then completely savage and terrifying the next. So if you take Andrew Lincoln... And then do just mild, basic prosthetics to make him look... I'd, I'd want to keep it more akin to the original Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the old uh, silent film, which if you guys haven't seen, it's actually pretty cool. They did some neat stuff with makeup in that one. For the time, even. was way ahead of their time. Um, 
So I think, and again, I except for maybe two people, they're all British too. Like, and as far as I know, ladies and gentlemen, I have not cast any of these actors in any other movie. This is a whole new, new ballpark for me. And also, unless we're doing a six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing, none of these actors have been in a movie with anybody else. And that actually ended up making me recast people. For example, uh, for M, I almost picked um, again, typing, typing, Jason Isaacs, who was in uh, Harry Potter. So I'll give you guys that little little hint. Make you think, okay, who was in Harry Potter and could end up in the rest of my show? See what happens. Or that could end you can end up finding out right here and now. I don't know who's lit next. Oh, it's right now. Alright, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> uh for Tom Sawyer, I struggled with him for a while. I cast two or three people. Um Guys that didn't make the grade, uh, the actor who is currently ripping it up in Mad Max, literally and figuratively, uh, who also played the Beast in the new X-Men movies, um, and apparently for a while was delayed, was rated, blah, 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 dating uh, Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Nicholas Holt. Almost. So close. Uh, and then I even thought Ed, Eddie Redmayne. I was like, he's really good. But he seems older than I think I'd like my Tom Sawyer to be. So I went with the awesome Matthew Lewis from Harry Potter. Um, dude's intimidating now. He is no longer Neville Longbottom. He is a full-grown, buff, scary dude. Uh... So I'll let you guys Google and Twitter that. Um, that's who I would pick. He looks like the perfect age. In the right outfit, we have Tom Sawyer. Uh, and that ended up changing a couple other of my picks, too. Once I settled on him. Oh, my gosh. I'm so not used to my new phone, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see. Let me find the rest of my tabs here. Who is next on our list? Yeah, see, now I feel like I'm totally rushing. Dorian Gray. I feel like I cheated on this one a little bit. Um, he was probably he was the last one I picked because I was really struggling on finding somebody I thought could play the character. Um, the original was played by Stuart Townsend. I think I might have skipped him. He was in... Uh, Quite a bit early 2000. His probably best known role was uh, Queen of the Damned. He played Lestat. Which I actually enjoyed that movie. Some people didn't. I thought it was it was good. Good music. Cool vampires. What have you. Um, the next actor to play Dorian Gray was in Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Uh, ben Barnes. Who a part of me kind of wanted to bring him back as Dorian Gray. But I felt like that would be cheating. So I took one step down, and I cheated a little less. And I chose William Mosley, who really his biggest claim to fame is the Chronicles of Narnia series. Um, he played uh, the eldest brother. 
who goes by the name of Peter Pivinci. I'm brutalizing his last name, I'm sure. Because, um, again, he's the perfect age. I think he'd fit the bill. Um, I don't know quite enough of his current work to really say, yeah, he's the best. He's the best I could do. Because, like I said, I really struggled. Uh, let's see, moving forward. It feels like I'm rushing really fast because I don't have somebody to talk to about these picks. Alright, so Rodney Skinner, a.k.a. The Invisible Man. Again, I took another one of my passions, and I just shoehorned him right in. I picked Arthur Darville, who is most known for Rory on Doctor Who. Uh, since the guy's invisible, it really doesn't matter a whole lot what he looks like. But I got a soft spot for Rory. He's one of my all-time favorite companions. The duo of him and Amy Pond, I gush about in our earliest Doctor Who episode uh, with Ditsy B and Jeff, the Credible Hulk. Uh, next up on the list. Almost done. We only have three left. Um, Mina Harker. Uh, the vampire bride, we will say. The sort of immortal vampire of the group. Uh, again, another one of my passions, shoehorned in for all your enjoyment. I went to Game of Thrones this time around, and I took uh, Natalie Dormer, who plays Marjorie Terrell on uh, uh, in Game of Thrones. And she was also a smaller part so far in... Um, the Mockingjay movies. She is the the director for the Mockingjay movies. That not the director of said movies, but the in the movie, the inception level of uh, where they're making the propaganda films with her hat, head kind of half shaved with the vine tattoos. That's uh, that's my Mina Harker. She was my first pick right away when I decided this morning. <laughs> To cast this movie. She was the first one. So immediately I had to change my Alan Quartermain. Because the actor I thought about putting in there. Was also in Game of Thrones. So I couldn't have him anymore. My my runner up for Mina Harker was going to be Emma Watson. But putting her in meant I would have to change my M. Which inevitably I did. And I would still be looking for my Tom Sawyer. Uh, Mike is asking me more questions. I'll answer this real quick. See if maybe if he's quick, he can get uh, his cast to me. Same characters, Mike. I'll let him know if he hurries. I'll get it on the air. Maybe I can ramble. I don't know. Do you guys think I could ramble a little bit while he uh, while he picks? Let's see. See if you can do it, Mike. I believe in you, and all the listener do as well. Um, so for Captain Nemo, again, uh, I don't know much about the original actor's body of work. Let me g click on him real quick. Um, 
looks like more uh, Indian-based films. So, yeah, not too familiar. So, again, another passion. One of my favorite movies uh, is called Inception. I'm pretty sure everybody here might have seen it. Uh, the actor I picked from that one is named, oh, I'm going to screw it up, Dilip Rao, I believe. Uh, he was also in Drag Me to Hell, if you guys saw that one, the really, really good movie um, about the girl who inadvertently gets cursed by a witch, um, and he tries to save her. Uh he also was in Avatar. Let's see. What else is he in? That's that's the main one. The biggest one was Inception. It's already four, five years ago. It's crazy. Hmm. Okay. Well, we might as well jump right into Alan Quartermain, uh, originally played by Sean Connery. And from what I understand... Um, the movie was so bad that he actually retired shortly after, which I I don't know if is totally the case, but it seems logical. Um, the original actor I thought about having play Alan Quartermain was in Game of Thrones. He played the leader of the Wildlings. Spoiler alert if you have watched it yet. I won't tell you anything that happens this this guy is kind of in charge of the Wildlands, the people that live beyond the wall, beyond uh, the King's Reach and the guards and all that, just living a free life. Uh, Syrian Hines, who I don't think I've ever seen him in a role where he doesn't look like he's made out of granite. He looks like a tough dude. But because of my really trying to not pull from one genre to the next too much, I had to kind of give him the boot, but I wasn't too excited about it. Um, Jeff had a good pick of Donald Sutherland, and I was really close to picking Donald, Donald Sutherland as the new Alan Quartermain. Um, I decided to go with an actor who's more known for his lighter take on roles. Um, he's a little bit more comedic, a little less intense. Um, I went with Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, I think he could bring a real fun side. No, he is super intense, and that's the only reason I'm nervous about drafting him or picking him is because he is such a dark actor, and I don't know if he'd be the type to... Um, not like I'm asking him directly. <laughs> Mr. Day-Lewis, I would love for you to be in a comic book movie. I don't know if he'd do it, but I'd like to see it. Um he is a impressively threatening, scary method actor, so I'm pretty sure that if he found out he had to fire a gun strong enough no one else could fire it, he'd have someone make that gun, and he would learn how to fire it. I, that's the kind of actor he is. So that's who I would have uh, helming my, uh, my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, I didn't pick anybody else because I don't remember the movie that much. I remember the main core people. Um, anybody else out there that watched the movie, if you liked it, cool. If not, also cool. We all have preferences, of course. 
why don't you send me your picks or what you thought of, of my cats if I created a movie you think you would go out and see. Um, this was probably one of my more rushed... Uh, one of my more rushed movie drafts because I, I started it at work this morning. So 12 hours ago, essentially. And over the course of the day... Um, so if, if Bill or Ricky, my coworkers, are listening... This is the show. Um, Ricky was really interested. I He was covering me for break, came back, and he's looking at my list and trying to figure out what I was working on. Um, when I have downtime on the machine or when the machine's running and doesn't really need my attention, that's when I work on all this kind of stuff. Um, that's when I did my my top ten, all that. So Ricky, when he comes to cover me for a break, will look and see our yellow post, a yellow post-it full of just random stuff that he has no clue what it is until I finally explain it. So here it is, Ricky. Um, but I ended up throwing that list away because I literally had two names on it, and it was just scribbles all across the board for everyone else. Um, so yeah, I I would watch the movie, um, but I think with the right director and story. I would probably watch it anyways because I did see the original. I didn't like it, but I did watch it. So I would give it a shot. Um, so let me know what you thought of my picks. Uh, if there's any you agree with, any you disagree, anybody you think would be even better, uh, I will not be offended either way unless you say I'm a big dumb jerk. How dare you? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't believe I have anything else to throw out there. Uh, Mike said he will not be able to get his list to us before the ending of the show because apparently three minutes is not nearly enough. Uh, he said he'll send it in an email, so I definitely look forward to that. Um, also, Devin, if you're listening, um, Angie as well. She helped me out a little bit. She let let me vent when I was having a hard time picking. Helped me f- remember certain Harry Potter characters' real names. I feel real bad that I forgot. Um... And I actually almost forgot Arthur Darville's name. I started calling him Rory. And then I went far enough to say Rory Cochran, who is a totally different awesome actor from Empire Records. So that's where my brain was. I was racing back and forth, back and forth, picking all these characters. So uh, we'll do one last run here for Moriarty, or M. I picked Jeremy Irons for Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, I picked Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead. For Tom Sawyer, I picked Matthew Lewis. Did I say that? Did I screw that up already? No, I couldn't have. I'm not that bad, right? Yeah, Matthew Lewis. Uh, Neville Longbottom, go! Uh, Let's see, who else do I have left? I'm going to throw that up there real quick. For Dorian Gray, I picked the one guy from that movie that came out that year. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm not... William Mosley? Mosley? Yeah, William Mosley, again. He was one of the hardest hardest ones. Uh, for Rodney Skinner, a.k.a. The Invisible Man, I picked Arthur Darville. For Mina Harker, I picked Natalie Dormer. For Captain Nemo, again, I apologize. Dalip Rao. You guys can Google it. D-I-L-E-E-P for the first name. R-A-O for the last name. Let me know how to pronounce that. Send that in an email to and really spell it out to me like I'm me. And for Alan Quartermain, I picked 
the rambunctious comedic actor Daniel Day-Lewis. Again, I say all of that with absolute sarcasm because the man is terrifyingly good at playing incredibly intense roles. Like, again, his method acting, if he's in a movie where he kills somebody, I do genuinely worry that he actually killed the person, you know, for for the sake of art. Um, so, yeah, that is my... Oh, Angie has a cast, too. Um, we'll have to cover that in the next episode, Angie. I don't think she really understood that I was recording right away. Shoot! Awkward. Sorry about uh, a little bit of dead air there. Do, 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 Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I just sent her the worst swiped text ever. Uh, hopefully she could understand that. Um, apparently I am a terrible swiper. Uh, I'm not really good at the zigzag motion needed to be done. I am a flourisher. I do rounded motions from letter to letter, and that alone makes some of my texts and messages almost impossible to read. Uh, so, sorry, Ditsy B, for the confusion. Um, knowing that I had very minimal time to get a solo episode out before our big uh, Ultron episode tomorrow, where I'm going to have to be all prepared for that. I won't be able to have another episode out until maybe next week. Um, so sorry about that. I hopefully if she gets my message in time and can get me her cast in time, what I could also do instead of rambling for the time being, I can pause this recording and then I can just pick it up again. So I'm going to do that real quick before I, uh, ramble too long. It's already been an hour. There's no such thing as a mini sewed. Good grief. Okay, I am already back. Uh, for you, it's going to sound like one second break. For me, that was actually about two, three minutes. Time travel. Um, Angie says we'll cover her cast later when we get her back on the show. And I just found out from Mike, from Mike versus, uh, Mike versus the World, that I will actually be able to post our Age of Ultron episode through Nerd Mode. But I will definitely also share links for Mike vs. the World as well. Um, not that he needs my help to promote his show, because he is a promoting promotion heavyweight. He's like Don King of the podcast world. Um, so yeah, that's that's fun news as well. Uh, that. Um, it will probably sound different than you guys are used to hearing, though, because generally um, when I record, I, I take on the role of the lead host. I'm sure you've noticed uh, sometimes at great length, I will ramble and ramble. Um, the episode we'll hear on on our side will essentially be almost a copy of Mike, and since it's on his show, he's probably going to be the, the fella in the forefront, um, and then the rest of us will be 
taking up the taking up the slack. Um, I did just say uh, I expressed nerd concerns that I'd be more of a fly on the wall. I don't know if I'll be as vocal in this episode as uh, my the co-hosts, um, since they all seem to really know their comic book stuff, and I really don't as much. I have my few favorites, and that's kind of what I gravitate towards. Um, but he's, he said it should be totally fine because he's not a comic, comic book heavyweight either. Um, that's mostly Devin. Devin's going to be handing out some dunce caps, I think, ladies and gentlemen. And mine's already got the name stitched into it. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, I think I'm going to end this quote-unquote mini-sode that's already over an hour long because I cannot shut up. Uh, this has been Nerd Mode from nerdmode.com. You know the rest, nerd-mode.com. Uh, check out the website from there, nerdmode42 at gmail.com, ner- at nerdmode Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and then you can find the links for the Facebook pages as well. Instead of me every single week rambling and saying how you can get to the show, just go to the website. It's newly revamped. Kind of digging it. Um, check it out. It's always a work in progress, of course. Uh, follow the little links on the side, and you should be able to contact me or the show however way fills your heart. Whatever you want to do. Or don't. Um, I should start telling people to not email the show at nerdmode42 at gmail.com. It's going to fill up that email box. Uh, as usual, when it's something about everything and everything about something, bye, 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 bye.
this far hmm anyone nobody league of their own come on it's a league thing